For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. It's podcast time. Another Monday episode of the Dirt Talk Podcast, 61.5. Mm-hmm. We're prepped. Episode 61.5. We're back in person. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer in Arizona. The dream team back together, baby. Uh, it feels so good to be back together. <laughs> and we got lots to talk about. There is a lot happening in BuildWit. There's a lot of good questions. There's a lot of travel. I mean, we are just all over the damn board right now. Mm-hmm. I'm Alex Horton, by the way. Oh, I'm joined by Alex Horton. For all of you new listeners, my name's Aaron Witt. Welcome. Welcome to the Dirt Talk Podcast. Sit yourself down, take a seat. Yep. Drill up next to the fire, grab a blanket, <laughs> maybe a, a, a drink, pour yep. yourself a drink, and let's talk about dirt. I feel like in terms of podcasts, this is probably a pretty good podcast to have a drink with, unless you're listening to it at work, which would be... Uh, at work, upon. at work or driving. Oh yeah, that too. Unless it's not alcohol. Sure. Yeah. We we actually jokingly there were two linemen <clears throat> linemen that came to my house uh, this weekend to fix my power. If you follow me on social media, you know that I didn't have power for three days. They showed up. Ben Schwanberg and I were in the backyard grilling and drinking beers. We jokingly offered them beers, and I wish they could have accepted, but since they were on the clock, unfortunately, they could not drink beer. That's fair. Um. Are they city employees? No, they're public utility employees. Public utility, yeah. Employees. So they're they're Nashville Electric Service, maybe is NES something. Mm-hmm. So they're they're they work for the public utility. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. But you know, there was a day in this industry where you could drink on the job, <laughs> and it wasn't all that long ago. Really? Yeah. I don't know how that makes me feel. And if there's any of you old timers out there that listen to this, you'll know what I'm talking about because <laughs> I've definitely heard some stories. Uh, I'm a little terrified by that, but also um, interested for off air anecdotes. Terrified, but also bummed out. It's like, yeah, that would be fun. But well, what do we have for happenings? Yeah, so a lot of build with stuff um, I feel like happened this week. Um, you know, Aaron, you were gone, so you didn't know what was happening at all. No, this company just ran amok. Uh, it was, it, you know, the nicest thing about it was no one bothered me for a week. No one called me, mm-hmm. no text messages. I mean, I had some Slack messages, but it wasn't like, oh God, help. It was none of that. Mm-hmm. I just left for a week and everything from what I saw 
ran according to plan. Now there could have been fires everywhere, absolute disaster of a week, but I didn't hear about it. And that's all I care about. I think Lori said something similar um, a couple of weeks ago too, was, um, you know, she had taken a long week off three months ago and it like came back to a thousand emails that she had to deal with. And then two weeks ago she came back and said, things were fine. And I think that's speaks to, um, how well Matt Biddle is, is finding great people for us and um, just the, the build wit filter of finding people who um, are, are good fits for our team. Finding good people, first step, second step, giving them the ability to make their own damn decisions. Love it. So I'm not the one that everyone has to wait for to make decisions like a traditional organization. They can just make their own damn decisions. So when the guy goes away, nothing's held up because yeah. everyone's just making their own decisions like they usually do. Um, and it was, I know that's been happening, but it was good. Uh, it was, it was verification of the reality of that and where yeah. we are from a make your decisions perspective. Um, I think it's pretty exciting to see that happening. I'm a person that enjoys the idea of just make stuff happen. Um, and I think for a while we were at that point where we had no other way to, to move forward besides just make it happen, man. Yep. And now we we're, we've got some infrastructure where, as long as everybody still has that attitude, um, we've all got each other's backs more than ever in terms of that decision making. You know, it's like if I if I decide, you know, something for this podcast, in terms of how we're structuring it on the back end, or how it would be easier for me to work on, I'm not having to be like Aaron. I know this is this was your thing, but this might make it better. I feel like I'm at the point where. Well, it's just better, so we'll just do it. Yeah. And if it turns out that that's not the case, we pivot, and that's we the way our whole out. business goes. Yeah, it, it, I don't even want you to ask me. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me. Well, this could be it's like if it could be better, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work, we go another direction. It's as easy as that. And I feel like maybe my first week working on the podcast, there was a couple things where it's like, I know you have a vision for this that you've been working on, and these are like baseline things that once I know what how you feel about these couple things. I know that I can just make the decisions I feel like are right based on what I know to be true about Correct. the podcast thus far. Well, all you like, you just have to understand the vision where we want to go. Yep. And that's what I lay out is, okay, this is where I want to go. And this is where I think we need to go. Mm-hmm. As far as getting there, that's, that's on you and that's your responsibility. So anything in the realm of getting there, you know, you have the freedom to yeah. act um, in the best interest of of the vision and executing that. And that's where everybody is at the company. Everyone has their own baby version of that. Mm-hmm. And the, the grand vision is, let's make the dirt world a better place. So as long as everyone's marching in that direction, that's where we need to go. Yep. And then there's, you know, okay, we need to serve our partners to make that a reality. There's there's stuff we need to do. And then you can break it down even further. But everyone has their own little world and in which they're trusted. And that's one of the internal podcast topics we need to record a podcast about is trust. And now we have just total trust for people on day one because we can't afford otherwise. Um, So it's, it's working, it's working. And my vacation proved that. (laughs) You came back in the business and not burned itself down. So there you go. And, and not only that, but I wasn't stressed at all. when I was gone a week. I had zero stress, no anxiety, nothing. I just hung out. You talked about trying to set an example by taking a week off. Um, and I think also like your attitude in terms of um, not being stressed while on it and coming back being like, oh God, what do I got to fix? You know, I feel like 
you came back in and just assimilated back into the work that we're all doing. And I think that's maybe one of the most important lessons to learn um, for our whole team is that like, if you set up the pieces right before you leave, no issues at all. Go do your thing, come back, get back to work. We're all adults. Yep. It's not that hard to figure out. Ben started with us this week. Ben Schwanberg. Yep. Uh, New hire this week is Ben Schwanberg, Vice President, Business Development. Um, He's joining us from Turner Mining Group. You know, had a a good few years over there, learned a lot. That was his first foray into the, the, the dirt world. And we're excited to have his expertise in business development in kind of a new a new way of doing business development. A lot of it, yeah. you know, utilizing LinkedIn, a lot of it utilizing more modern ways to develop business and find jobs beyond delivering boxes of donuts, which is industry standard currently, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or bribing people or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, the, the business development in the dirt world is pretty archaic and he's gotten really good at bringing it into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. So we're we're excited to have him on board, and and spoiler alert, we will be having him on the podcast. Oh yeah, soon. I mean, I think maybe even this week. Is he going to be episode sixty two's guest? Yeah. So it will be this yeah. week. So later this week, we will have Ben Schwanberg. Spoiler alert: that was part of the internal podcast later, but we're here now. Might as well talk about yeah. it now. So we're excited to have him on board and stay tuned for that interview talking about his experience and his adventures in the dirt world and where he's at now. Um, Looking forward to getting to know him. Um, What I know about him so far is that uh, you tag him a lot in your Instagram stories when you're making steak. Yes. Yeah. So he moved to Nashville months ago now, quite a while ago now, and we have started grilling rather uh rather frequently mm-hmm. and we have gotten into some some pretty advanced stuff and i i say we but he's really the one doing the grilling i'm the one just standing there in in excitement and awe mm-hmm. but this past weekend we had tomahawk steaks it looked rad to celebrate uh finishing 75 hard you know it's not a big donut it's still a steak so yeah. you can still eat that and you're going to be just fine but it was uh, a quite a treat. Did you you did some sausages on there too? Do I see? We did a little brats. Yeah, we did some brats, some jalapeno poppers, Ooh. and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomahawks. I've, I've definitely stolen um, those like bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers from the, you. They're unbelievable. Like, that's, that's the way. Yeah, and it was all cooked on the green egg. Thanks to Mister Devin Dyer, drove that across the country. What uh, a guy! Drove his family across the country to give me a green egg. And I have been putting that thing to use. I love the damn thing. So, do you have it like dialed in in terms of um, like getting your fire and your temperature right? It's 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 a lot easier than you'd think it would be. It's actually pretty simple. It's and and you can get that damn thing so hot. Are you using um, a thermometer? Yes. Okay. We just got one. Nice. So next up is a brisket, and and so you just. You just throw it in there. You can maintain temperature on that thing all day. You get a little Bluetooth thermometer. So you can, I mean, either you just sit out there and watch it, which is the preferred method of doing it. Sure. And just drink beer all day. Yep. Get 12 pack of cores and 24, whatever, however many beers you need, depending on your, your body mass index mm-hmm. and your, your alcohol tolerance. Mine is very low. So <laughs> I only need a few well, beers. Well, you were just doing 75 hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I had two beers this weekend. I was on my ass. 
Um, but yeah, you just kind of sit there and watch it or you can forget about it and use a little Bluetooth thermometer to figure out when it's, when it's done. Dude, I love it. Um, I think the first weekend my son was born, it was like a football weekend. I was like, I think this is a good day to cook a pork butt. And so just like put it on in the morning, was doing all the like, I'm sitting here with my son watching football moves, you know, checking my phone, seeing how my, my temperature was going. It's a pretty good way to spend your day. You know, you can you can really tie it into the satisfaction felt when building things. Yeah. It, there's just so much satisfaction in grilling a nice piece of meat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it, but it is an art form in itself, and Ben is very good at it. Well, it's always a good uh, friend to have. <sighs> it's not bad. That's really the only reason we're friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. He's going to make sure your steak tastes just right. Yeah, that's why I keep him around. Um, you doing any traveling this week? I was supposed to. Okay. So like like we talked about last week, I was in Arizona um, for quote unquote vacation, yeah. but I, I did go down to Tanaha Hills, Caterpillar and visit Blunt. This week I was supposed to go to Bemis Construction in Denver yeah. to to actually work uh, personally with, with Larry Ames and, and tell his story, which I'm just, uh, I've been waiting to do since I met the guy last May. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, got a call from them this morning. Said they're getting snow today, and so we were supposed to go there tonight, shoot tomorrow and Thursday. Problem is, snow this late in the year, or just snow anytime, but snow this late in the year, it falls, and then it sits there, and then it slowly melts, and then it just makes everything sopping wet. It's not like rain, where at least okay, it, it comes down, so percolates, soak in, and then you dry it out. It's it kind of slows things down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided not to go out there because it sucks when you go fly somewhere and it's like one D six pushing slop around instead of a whole scraper spread running. And we want to get the whole scraper spread running. That's why we're going out there. You want the real deal. You want the entire operation. Yes. Yeah. So that's the reality of our world uh, and the dirt world is it's the dirt world is outside. And so whatever's going on outside is what you're working in whether it's beautiful or whether it sucks. Well, you picked a great place to live in Nashville where it rains for two 30-day stretches twice a year and you don't know which month it's going to be. Yeah, uh, March was the second wettest month in Nashville on record. Mm -hmm. Um, In our neighborhood where I live, um, our neighborhood's like stuck in like a horseshoe bend of a river. And so 75% of our neighborhood is surrounded by uh, either the little Harpeth or the Harpeth. Um, and so we've got all this floodplain around um, just that we can't build on that is owned by the neighborhood, but it's just floodplain and it's a lake right now it is wild. Yeah. The, the, like you see the floodplain, you're like, man, that's a lot of unused land. Mm-hmm. Like they could really make some, and I've never seen water on it before. And then it happens every once in a while. And maybe it takes decades for it to fill up with water. But when it does, Woof. I mean, I think a week before, week, the weekend before it rained, um, my son and I were hiking out there. Like we went down to the river, like through rocks. And now like the hiking trail is gone. Mm-hmm. My I running trail that I run on every morning, oh, yeah. it's totally underwater <laughs> right now. I can't, I can't go down my running trail because there's even more water on it this morning than there was a few days ago. It's probably a good five, six feet of water on top of this trail. That's, it's along the river, but it's, a ways away from the river. And mm-hmm. that's how high the river is right now. Well, I feel like um, on, what's that? The Greenway over there? Is that what that is? Yeah. Um, yeah, Shelby Park. Yeah, Shelby Park. Where I run. 
there's kind of those like wetlands around the trail that are always sort of wet. Mm-hmm. Like there's some standing water there over the, all the time, but now just the whole thing is standing water. It's it's just yeah, it's just one big wetland. That's very Yikes. wet, very wet wetland. Well, I saw you posted a picture of um, a porta potty over there this morning. If that porta potty's underwater, you're just standing in the porta potty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. You're in it. Yeah, yeah. There's no need to pump that one out. Oh well, they're gonna have to pump a lot out actually, because now it's full of water. And then when the water recedes, the porta potty's still gonna be full of water. Yeah, we're gonna have to deal with that somehow. So they're gonna have to get rid of that. But yeah, yeah, lots of flooding in Nashville. Um, throws construction schedules off, throws earth moving off. But uh, if I, you know, I was joking with Dan the other day, Dan, he had flights canceled and he had to drive five hours from Philly to Roanoke Sunday night and Monday morning to make a meeting on Monday because flights were all jacked up due to high winds and storms. But we just joked, we're like, if we get, if we got worked up about this stuff and about travel going wrong, it would be just, this would be a miserable life. So you just- It'd never go great. It nothing ever goes wrong or nothing ever goes right. It mm-hmm. seems so you're just like, ah, whatever, you know, this sucks, but it is what it is. So wanted to go out to Colorado, but not going. Uh, that was the thing with like the power too. It's like the power's out for three days this past weekend, which really threw my weekend off. But what, what am I going to do? Be bent out of shape about it and be pissed off about it. It's like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Find a solution, find a way to get past it. Yeah. It'll, it'll do get your taken best. care of eventually. And yeah, they'll, they'll come when they come. They obviously are tied up elsewhere and I make jokes about it on the internet and people think I'm being serious, <laughs> but a lot of it is sarcasm. Good God. But people don't get that. Um, so I guess here's my opportunity to shout out the linemen yeah. in my neighborhood and around Tennessee and abroad, keeping everybody's power on because it sucks when it's gone. And your electrician who came by on Sunday. Electrician, uh, North American coal wearing their hat right now. Yep. Hey, all that goes to power plants, baby. And it is, it's essential. It's when, when you're without power, man, that's a, that's a bad time. Not ideal. Not ideal. Well, props to you for uh, figuring out a way to record a podcast during it anyway. I adapt and I overcome. That's the attitude of BuildWit. Thanks to Trademarked. Uh, Honda Power. <laughs> Bought myself a little Honda generator and man, yep. I was up and running in no time. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, I... Um, recorded the first internal podcast for one of our partners, um, Southern Site Contractors today, or not not today, this week in Gallatin, Tennessee, north of Nashville. Um, And the internal podcast concept is something we've been talking to some of our partners about, finding ways for an internal podcast for the leadership to communicate with um, the team at large. And so um, it, it was one of those things where I knew it's a good idea, like in my heart, and getting to go up there and sit with Ryan and Nikki and do the first podcast with them. It was just sort of like getting to see the, the birth of a baby almost, or yeah. just like seeing a plan come together. Um, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, I think that their team is is going to really appreciate it, really see the value on the first one. Um, and I was impressed that Ryan and Nikki had their stuff together and were just like, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, and so Ryan, he's president of Southern Sight. Yep. Nikki, do you know what her formal title is? She's basically like, quote unquote, right-hand man. Man, I mean, she, she does everything. She runs that whole damn business. And and she does all the, all the hiring and, and just everything for that damn company. What's her formal title? She is the human resources and communications manager. Great. And she 100%... Is all of that for she, sure, and 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 a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like 
I don't even want to use the title because it doesn't really no. explain what she does. She's a superstar. Yep, she's everywhere. Ryan's a superstar. You know, he finished, he founded the company a few years ago and now they're just growing like absolute wildfire. So it's really exciting. And and uh, I think they I think Ryan got the idea from Herb Sargent yep. uh, because Sargent Corporation has been running an internal podcast for quite a while now. Yep. And they've they've really expanded that thing and it's done tremendous things for their business as far as communication is concerned. And, and that's the big struggle a lot of construction companies have, a lot of our partners have is, okay, all of our people are out in the field and most of these people don't have company email addresses. So how the hell do we communicate with them? Mm -hmm. Like communication is just cut off from a majority of their workforce. And a lot of these people, like you people listening right now, probably sit in the car a lot or have time to listen to podcasts. So why don't we just make an internal podcast talking about company happenings that anyone with a smartphone, which is most of society these days yeah. can listen to at any time. So uh, it's pretty pretty cool to see that. And I'm excited to see where that where that goes. And we have an internal podcast. We do. We're going to record an internal podcast episode after this is done. And it's it's been brilliant because, and not to give myself credit, it was really Herb Sargent's idea. I'm just stealing it. Um, when people come come into our business, when they onboard, that's one of the things they have to do is listen to all the internal podcasts. And so I don't have to explain credit card spending a hundred different times or monthly. I just explain it once on the podcast and then people can consume that information as they onboard or as time goes on when they're within the organization. The other thing that I like about having those like that list of internal podcasts to listen to is it's doing something that a PDF could never do. It's a, it's an, an introduction to getting to know you, getting to know what our company is about. Um, and, and I feel like getting a real feel for the culture of BuildWit that a slide deck would never do. People say I get pretty fired up on those podcasts sometimes. You do. Yeah. And well, you're the only one there. I know. You're just well, going. Well, the next one, we're, we're going to have you. Yeah. I think we're going to work you into that one. Mm-hmm. But so uh, unfortunately, none of you are going to listen to internal podcasts from us unless you come work for us. True. And we're hiring. That's the barrier for entry. You have to work here. By the way, <laughs> we were hiring. Um, so that's that's podcast news. So I've got a couple good questions. And, and these podcasts have been quite a bit of fun. Yeah. The Monday podcasts. I'm having a good time. I've heard good things about them. We haven't been told to fuck ourselves, for lack of a better term, yet. Not yet. Which is a little disappointing. I do. I did uh, trigger a couple words that if it says that the podcast is not good, it immediately goes to my uh, trash folder. So well played. So trash is all you want. As far as I know, I'm only getting great emails. That's that's all we want. <laughs> we want to be as disillusioned as possible. Um, all right. So first question is from Jake Russell, and he says, "I like to hear." more about cameras and edit, editing. What are you using? What do you suggest? How do you edit the pictures? Nothing I take looks anywhere close. Okay, so my philosophy on photography is it goes back to shockingly one of our company values, which is kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Yep. I, I am not a big fan of photography itself. I'm not a big fan of the technical side of photography. I'm not all that good at understanding what my camera does. So I would recommend, as we shoot all on Sony mirrorless cameras, I'm a huge fan. We use all different all different lenses. It really does come down to personal preference. I, I prefer my lenses. Chell prefers his lenses. Lenses. Mm-hmm. We teach everyone on a few basic lenses, and then from there, it's you know you get what you get. 
Um, but the biggest thing is, is so we shoot on Sony mirrorless. We don't do anything with settings or anything like that. Biggest thing is just learning how to take a great photo. And a lot of it just comes down to taking hundreds of thousands of photos. Are, th are there any like Photoshop presets that are sort of proprietary to build with that give them that sort of temperature of color? No. Or that's just like what the camera makes it look like? What the camera makes it look like. We don't do a whole lot of editing. So Matt Briscoe helps me with my editing. He has for the past few years. Um, he sends the he sends the edited files to me. I'll make final adjustments here or there, but I don't touch them all that much. We're not ag aggressively editing our photos. It. It's very, very, very minimal editing. It's you can't you can't make a shitty photo look good in in, in editing. It's like yeah. it's like a podcast too. It's like okay, the content and the quality of the podcast itself is way more important than the editing. You can you can add on top of the quality and make it a little bit better but you're not going to really be able to polish a turd. Yeah. So that's where um that's where just getting good subjects to shoot that you really like I love looking at bulldozers pushing dirt. So I try to find as many of those as possible yeah. because photography is an emotional experience and I am conveying my emotions that I'm feeling in that moment with the subjects through the photos I'm creating. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, that said, you want good sight conditions, you want good lighting, morning, evening is is best. Yeah. Night stuff is really cool. Um, you just want to set yourself up for success as far as conditions are concerned. You just want to take as many photos as possible. And then now for me, photography is just this flow state. I don't think about it. Yeah. I don't think about my settings. I don't think about where I'm standing. I don't think about it. I just do it. And I wish I could explain it better but I'm just so happy and excited to be there that I just let my emotions take over. And that's how we get the photos we do. I think that's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. You, you, the way you've been, I put this in quotes, training, you know, our, our content team to get the same like flavor of photos that you are is just like be out there together and they'll start to see, um, the equipment, the way that you're seeing it. And that seems to be a lot of it. You know, it's just yeah having that same sort of a mindset and perspective when you're out there, not like, man, I need to, you know, pose these pieces of equipment so that it looks awesome for me to get a great picture. Instead, you're just trying to get people doing their work and capture it in, it in a real way. And that's and so that's the advantage of not posing is mm -hmm. you get really authentic photography. I'm a big believer in that. I yeah. hate posing stuff. It just doesn't get me going. But the downside is not posing stuff. You get whatever you get. Yeah. And that is sometimes super disappointing. Like we were talking about, you show up to a site and it's sopping wet and nothing's going on and you just have to do what you can, if anything. Um, and then sometimes in the past that hasn't jived well with companies we've worked with. Yeah. They want something that isn't exactly Who what they are. reality is. And um that's what they believe storytelling, marketing, photography should be. We don't believe it should be that way. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just what we believe in. And and so it hasn't worked out in the past for that reason too. So that's that's it is I would find a, find a, a, the nicest camera you can afford, which doesn't make that big of a difference, but I love Sony mirrorless. I would try out a bunch of different lenses. I've rented a lot of lenses. Yeah. So you'll rent a lens for maybe a hundred bucks, give it a shot, see how it feels learn what you feel, what you like best. And and I've just, 
I've tried out a bunch of different lenses and I've gravitated to what just feels naturally best and what I enjoy most, not what I think it should be. And then get out and take as many damn photos as you can. I think that's a good way to do it. Um, thanks, Jake. That was a great question. Next question from Charlie Hackworthy. How do you stay productive on airplanes? I travel quite a bit for work and pleasure, but find it difficult to stay productive while I'm on the plane. It is too easy to drink, watch Netflix, or waste countless hours scrolling dirt pictures on Instagram. What is your routine on airplanes and how do you remain productive? Problem is I don't. <laughs> and I don't because I've had motion sickness since I was a small child and I get on airplanes and I immediately get sick. So I have to take motion sickness medicine. And when I take the motion sickness medicine, I've tried all different, don't, don't write us and tell me, oh, you need this patch or you need this wristband. No, 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 no. I've been through it. Been through it. We've been there. And and talk to doctors. Like, I just cannot get rid of this damn motion sickness. And so I have to take motion sickness medicine and it just knocks me out. I, I, I am worthless when I'm flying. The way I've combated that is I try to fly on weekends, on Sundays. Yeah, I know you do that a lot. Or at night, in the evenings. So then you're not losing a day. So then you're still productive for that day and you're flying on off hours, which sucks. And not I know it. not everyone can do that. Yeah. But that's how I maximize my time and combat that is I know I'm not going to be productive while I'm flying. So I'm going to try to schedule my flights on not productive hours normally anyway. So I'm not losing productivity, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I, I know for me, when I've had to do work while on a plane, I, I feel like I lose so much time. You know, once you get in the air, then I'll I, then I can pull my laptop out. Well, then once I get it on, then I'm like trying to find the internet, and then by the time I like get moving, it's generally time to put it away. Yeah. And so I I think I don't know. I'm amazed by anybody who's like truly really productive on a plane. Although all I can think of is that like clip of Kanye, like making a beat in like first class on a commercial airliner, just like bobbing his head, just in front of his like little tiny MacBook Air. Can't um, knock it. But Can't like, knock it. I, I don't understand real productivity on an airplane. I, I just, no. I can't do it. And I've never really seen anybody who is like, oh yeah, it's the best place to do this email or I, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why I've had to spend a lot of my Sundays in airports, which sucks, yeah. but it just, it is what it is at this point. However, um, the, so the only loophole I see long-term, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it is to minimize my time spent traveling. And the only way to do that, physically speaking, is to start Build With Airlines, yep. which is in the plan for a few years down sure. the road. And once we have a plane, it is just going to dramatically alter the amount of time spent traveling and the flexibility we have yep. that we just don't have right now. So I don't talk about it publicly that much, but that's the plan there. And that's the only way out of it I see. All right. So Charlie, the best way to stay productive on an airplane is to get your own airplane. You know, I, I hate to say it, but <laughs> flying private's a lot better than flying commercial. Uh, well, that's a great question, Charlie. I appreciate it. I wish I personally had a better answer. And if you get a better answer, please email it to me. Yeah, I'll do a lot of sleeping on planes too. And I view sleep as productive. Absolutely. Because it's super, super important to maintain your immune system, be healthy. You're better be, for it every time. 
yeah, your 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 cognitive response. I mean, it's it's a big deal just sleeping. So I I mean, even if you sleep, I view that as productive. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, I'm gonna. The question's kind of long, but I didn't want to edit it because there's just a lot of good stuff here. Um, it's from Matthew McKinnon. Do you think the industry will ever make a shift to prioritize work-life balance? Being on the salaried project management side, it's always about the hours you're at the site slash trailer, not the quality slash quantity of work produced. Why is it expected the salary project engineers slash manager slash supers work 10 plus hours a day, putting everyone at risk of complete mental burnout? Employers wonder why there's such high turnover rate, especially for young engineers. I love construction, but with projects being run super lean with minimal staff support, I'll be leaving this industry before I turn 30. Things need to change because this next generation won't give construction a thought when making a career choice. I I totally agree. So there's two very unsustainable practices, and I think you have to break it up into salaried positions and, and hourly positions. Yeah. So salaried, and a lot of guys in the industry and, and in the field don't understand that the guys, you need the guys managing the work and paying vendors and getting equipment. And there's there's a lot of administrative and management functions of every single construction project, mine project, whatever it may be, that someone needs to take care of. And it's standard for those people to be salary. And so they're put on salary. You know, an engineer will make $60,000 a year out of school, but they're working 80, sometimes 100 hours a week. Yeah, And it's super unsustainable. So they're, they're screwed no matter how many hours they work. So they're getting paid for 40, but they're expected to be there 80. And they're not paid all that well for quite a few years until you become vested in these businesses and actually start to get compensated well. But you get the shit beat out of you for a very long time before that happens. And then the other side of it is the hourly positions where they do get compensated for the, that additional time. Like we were joking with the linemen that were out, out of my, outside of my house today or the other day, it was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we joked with them, you guys are getting paid pretty well today, right? Huh? Double time? They're like, oh, hell yeah. And that's good, right? Because you're getting compensated for as many hours as you want to put in. Some people like to work those 80-hour weeks or go to those remote places or the oil fields or whatever it may be. So you work a few weeks at a time, you know, 14, 21 days on, you mm-hmm. make a ton of money. But the... The downside to that is that they use companies have started to use and have for a while use that overtime as an excuse to pay their people less. And so they don't pay their people as much hourly, but they say, well, they have all this overtime. So they end up making a lot of money, but they have to work a ton of hours to get the money that they need. Mm -hmm. So that company is investing less in their workforce per what, like, the output is it's it's a it's a it's a uh, yeah it's a slippery move yeah. and and it really drives me nuts when I see that or even if a company's fair and they offer people as me- as much overtime as they want but you don't necessarily have to work overtime these young kids they'll start working sixty plus hours a week and they will they will make a lot of money and then they will adjust their cost of living to, to that to that standard and now they're stuck there so now if they go get married and they have kids and they want to work 40, they can't because their cost of living, and you don't want to drop your 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 cost of living and, and how you've been living, their cost of living is fixed at that higher rate. So now you're trapped into working more hours. Yeah. And this industry's always been focused on how much production can we get. And everybody's everyone is focused on just hours. And so more hours equals more production. 
and no one has been asking the question, well, how do we just become more efficient and effective so we can potentially do in 40 what used to take us 60? No one's really asking that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Blunt and I talk a lot about this. You know, he, he says the industry needs to become more efficient, more profitable so that they have more flexibility and more money to invest in people. But you have these business models built on working as many hours as possible that are flawed and that this next generation doesn't want a part of, and I don't blame them. Yeah. That's why I got an offer from, from Kiwit uh, out of school. I said no, because I knew that they were absolutely going to own my life seven days a week, you 24 know what hours a day. their expectation was. Their yeah. expectation's absurd. And that's how they blow the jobs out. And they make a lot of money because they, well, yeah, sure. We'll just throw a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week schedule on it, blow the damn thing out, do it faster than anticipated, make our money, move on to the next one. It's a broken model. Yeah, You can't do that long-term in this world. The world's changed. And not to pick on a, a Kiwit. Kiwit is the most buttoned-up contractor I've ever seen and been around. They're just a monster. Yeah. But you can't work people like that long-term and expect long-term results in the world we live in now. So it's long-winded, but this is something I'm, I'm really starting to think about is how can this industry become more efficient and effective so that we can offer a more sustainable lifestyle while still getting as much done as possible and while still compensating people very well. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think those things are perfectly doable if we're more thoughtful about how we do things. Sure. But everyone's so focused on just production, hours. They're not thinking about being more effective and it's starting to catch up to us as a business. Well, it seems like something about that approach um, is just not that forward thinking. It's it's if I if I invest, invest a lot today and get not quite as much output out of that, even though I might get exponentially greater output because of this this investment right now or this planning right now, it, it's I think it's hard probably for a lot of these companies to make that decision when it's like, or I could just keep doing it the way I'm doing it because we're making pretty good money. And I and and I don't blame the companies yeah. like this because yeah, they are making a lot of money and they're in a very competitive environment. So they're always looking at what the other guys are doing. And if we slow down and bid this with less hours in it and try to give our people, you know, more time at home. Well, then these guys are just going to whoop our ass on the bid. Yeah. And, and so I totally, and so it's like, okay, so then what's worse? We could, we could have better work-life balance, but no work, or we could ask people to work a lot, pay them a lot of money and, and do the job. And, and, and so you can make that argument very easily. And I totally understand their logic, but that said, it can't continue long-term and companies like, like Dylan with, with Rosso, like he was one that kind of drew the line in the sand and, and, you know, the standard in, in, uh, where we're at Nashville, a lot of contractors work six days a week or seven days a week. And, and Dylan said, you know, Hey, I want to be home with my family. And he started the business when he had two little kids. Now he has three and said, you know, I want to be home on the weekends with my kids and I want to see my family. And I don't want to be the asshole owner saying you guys all work this much while I'm home with my family. I want everyone to have that. Yeah. So do they work Saturdays sometimes? Yes, but they sincerely prioritize family. And so if they can't make money working five days a week and they can't bid jobs effectively and build jobs five days effectively five days a week, then they shouldn't be in business. Yeah. And so they've just drawn the line in the sand, set the standard and figured it out. And they're doing very well as a result. And now you could argue that they're as productive working 40 as a guy that's working 60 because their people aren't beat to shit. Because their people aren't, 
uh, uh, you know, in an emotionally tumultuous state, the people, their people are recharged and excited to be there. And so you can very much make an argument that working 40 is a lot more than effective than working 60. Sure. But there's, you know, when it comes to production-based environments where it's just a matter of putting buckets into trucks and the more buckets you can put in trucks, the more money you make. So the more hours you work, the more money you make, it starts to become tricky. Yep. And I'm sure there's some difficulty with, if your company's been around for a while and it's doing really well from a financial standpoint and the leadership feels good about all of that, it's hard to adopt a value into your company's existing value structure. It's a totally new way of operating and bidding and doing business. I mean, it is a fundamental shift in this industry. I believe it needs to happen. It will happen. Some companies will figure this out and those that do will win long-term. Well, Matthew, thank you. That's a great question. Um, I feel like that's all much bigger than an answer on a podcast. It's there's a lot to unpack there and I'm a, total idiot. So I don't think I can unpack it all, but (laughs) that's my best shot at it. Um, All right. Last question. Um, This is from Alex Burnett. Oh no. Most recent episode 61 uh, podcast guest on dirt talk. He says, did you know Pat Allen blows off steam by throwing lead acid car batteries into the ocean? That is all. That's his question for the podcast. I did not know that. Pat Allen you really need to stop throwing batteries in the ocean. Well, Alex Burnett said it, so it sounds must like be the true. truth. Yeah, it must be true. I read it on the internet. Do we need to say that, do we need to clarify that this is is a joke? Because there are a lot of people on the internet that don't understand my, well, my sense of humor. Hopefully they'll have listened to the uh, episode with Alex Burnett before they hear this part. And hopefully that like becomes sort of clear. That's a good point. But they could they could just be a Monday podcast Follower. And, and if they're only a Monday podcast follower, that means that they like me more than anyone else. So that's a, pretty that's good. A, that's a fair point. <laughs> that's a very fair point. Yeah. But hopefully people understand the, yep. the humor there, for God's sakes. Um, so Alex Burnett, thank you for the education. Pat Allen, please stop throwing lead acid car batteries into the ocean. Yeah, you really need to stop doing that, Pat. The dolphins and turtles would appreciate it. That's tough. Um, episode 62 coming up this week. Um, guest is Ben Schwanberg. Like we talked about. Coming on. Yeah, we are going to be grilling and we will probably maybe even have a beer with us while we're podcasting. So it should be a fun experience talking about dirt, talking about Ben's past adventures from pest control to haul truck driver to business development and anything within those subjects. It's going to be a good one. Y'all have like something of a Ratatat chemistry already, so yeah, we be a good one. We know each other pretty well. Like, like for example, when I came home the other night from traveling, I think it was like nine or ten days. So I get home, power company's outside of my house. They disconnected my service. They tell me that, and it's like nine p.m. on a Friday, and so I'm just sitting there like, well, shit, what do I, what do I do? I, Mm -hmm. where do I go? So I call Ben. Hey Ben, can I crash in your guest room? Sure thing. Start crashing his house. Sure. Now he works at this company. Now he works at this company. That's and all it I, takes. But but in fairness, <laughs> in fairness, I did not really, I, I I haven't really had this master plan of trying to get him in the company yeah. ever. Like it just, 
like we 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 hired Jake Schmidtline for the position Ben's doing now. Yeah. And so we like Ben was not on the radar at all. Then Jake moved into his new position, chief people officer. Like we've talked about, mm-hmm. that's what happens. You know, you just other roles come up, and this is my second job at Buildwit. Makes sense. People fit better, yeah. And and uh, then when that happened, it just the random thought in my my mind came up like, holy shit, I think Ben would be pretty spot on for this role. And so we just started talking, and one, two, six, here we are. There you go. It's just it's just so funny how. Things work like that, though. Yeah, it's there's really no grand plan here. There's this big vision, but as far as getting there goes, it's just so funny the things that happen to get your get you a little closer and closer every day. Yeah. Well, I, I've I've used that same analogy for um, the the job I'm doing now with Buildwood, which I never would have dreamed of uh, being for me. Um, that a year ago I probably would not be technically capable of doing it, or in a way that I felt comfortable saying yes. But I came on to build with, to build websites and it worked out that I'm now doing what I'm doing. And that wouldn't have happened if I didn't do something else for a year leading up to it. No, it's all, it all just works out. Yep. I'm a big believer in it just working out. You have to, you can't just sit on the beach and wait for it to work out. You need to go do stuff, but Mm -hmm. it all works out. It all works out. I have power again. This bad boy's lit up like a 4th of July, baby. Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> light on in the house yep. just because I can. Um, well, Aaron, you got anything else, man? That's it. Well, y'all, thanks so much for listening. We're so thankful that you guys continue sharing the podcast. We're, we're loving the, the emails that are coming in. We're, we're enjoying just the, the conversations on social media as well. Um, very, very thankful. Yeah, Alex, what's our advertising budget for this podcast? Uh, it is $1. We spend a dollar? I'm rounding up. Did you buy yourself a Coke or something? Yeah, um, yeah our, our, our advertising budget is non-existent. So it really, we're relying on everybody sharing the, the podcast. And like, I mean, in the past month, do we want to share download numbers? Mm, I would just say that we're without a doubt having our best uh, month for it, sure. It's in the, it's now in the the many tens of thousands. Yes. And so there's a lot of people listening. There's a lot of people sharing and it's super, super exciting to see all the people um, sharing what they're learning and everything like that on social media. So keep sharing it. We really, really sincerely appreciate it. If you have questions for the next Monday episode of Dirt Talk, submit them to dirttalk at buildwood.com. Um, we love questions that are well thought out, like many of them today. And we love questions like Alex Burnett that are dumb and provide some comedic relief to this program since we are both very dry and not that funny. Yep. Um, I thought that went pretty well. I'm good to, good to be back in the room with you, Aaron. It's good to be back. Yep. But now I go on the road for two weeks, so we'll have to make it work. Yep. Well, we'll figure it out. All right. And that is... Uh, Dirt Talk episode 61.5. We'll see you guys on the next one. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.